Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. On Real Life, let's give it up big for him this morning. He has no rival. He has no equal. He's God then, now, and forever, and his presence is here today. I feel it when I worship with you this morning. Man, you guys sound good, and it just feels so good to be here in his house, doesn't it? It feels good, doesn't it? Man, band, you're killing it. Worship team, mm mm mm. Well, hey, before we get going any further, I want you to turn, I just want you to make someone in your row feel super welcome today. Whether that's a wave, a smile, a fist bump, make someone feel super, super welcome today. And then I'm going to share with you something really awesome from the book of Psalm. But go ahead, greet someone. Come on now. While they're uh, welcoming each other here in the room, I want to welcome everyone joining us at Real Life Church online. We're just so honored that you're here with us today. And hey, I just want to share something with you online here in the room. It's going to be up here on the screen. It's from the book of Psalm, and it says this. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and we stand firm. Come on, somebody, give it up for Jesus real big one more time today. Man. If you're new here in the room today, if you're new and you're joining us online, welcome. We're just so honored you're spending part of your Sunday here with us. And I'd love to invite you right now to get your phone out. I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will reach out to you at some point this week. They're going to ask how everything went. Did you feel welcome? They're going to ask how they can pray for you this week, answer any questions you might have about Real Life Church. It would be our privilege to get to know you a little bit more this week. So I'd encourage you, if you're brand new online or here in the room, will you please text RLNEW to 97,000. And hey, speaking of online, here in the room, can we give a warm welcome and just say, hey, how's it going? If you're joining us at Real Life Church Online, awesome. We're just glad to see you here. So throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, and uh, let's throw up some claps. Yeah, come on. We're just glad that uh, you get to be a part of what we're doing here at Real Life Church. We're glad you're part of this ministry. So if you're brand new and you filled out that form, you're online, you're brand new, you filled out that form here in the room. I guess it's really only for people in the room. Hey, go out to our new here booth and we want to give you a small gift as our way of saying thank you for being with us today. So Real Life Church, my favorite thing about Real Life Church, we're a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And so we know there's people in this room today that have been burned by church. There's people in this room today that have gone to church their whole life and they're just looking for a new direction, just something new, something fresh in their walk with God. My personal favorite here all the time, people say, you know, I just don't know enough about God to really get plants. I don't know enough about God to like take that next step. Like I'm not worthy. Man, I'm going to use some strong language. I'm really sorry, Sean. That's malarkey. That is malarkey. It doesn't matter what you know. What, what do you think we're here for? So we would love for you after this gathering, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. 
I would love for you after this gathering, go to the Next Steps room. It's right down this hallway and Sean and Diane would just love to meet with you. And today's next step is all about knowing God. And again, like I said, it doesn't matter if you've known God since you were a little bitty kid. It doesn't matter if you know nothing. There is something in there for you. And what I love about this next step, it's not just Sean talking to you. He wants to hear your story. He wants to know where you're at and just where you are in your journey and how you can get on mission with us. So if you've been coming for a while, you've dipped your toe in the water, you're ready to just dive on in, you're ready to plant some roots, whatever other analogy I can give you, just do it. Do it today. Week one, come on now. You're missing out. We'd love to, we'd love to see you there. So do that, please. Hey, check this out. So the last few weeks, we've been talking about some really exciting ways that you can wreck your life. Now, nobody plans for that to happen, right? Nobody plans to wreck their life. Nobody plans to have a struggling relationship. Nobody plans to develop harmful habits. Nobody plans to backslide in their walk with God, right? But for a lot of us, it's super easy to end up there and look back and just be like, how did I even get here? It's easy to do that if you don't know some things to look out for. So after this amazing song, I want you to give your warmest welcome. We have a guest today, an extra special guest, Brian Mason. So I want you to make him feel welcome. But first, check this out. Fill up your life with drugs and booze. Keep coming back when they call and in the end you'll lose all that matters to you. Five easy steps to make an addictive. Hey, good, good morning. Are we good? Yes. So Sean told me, he said, you got to think of something funny to say about that video. You know, every week I got a little comment. I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I feel like the video speaks for itself. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say, so that's my joke. It, it fell flat, but whatever, that was my joke. How's it going? Are you good? Are we going to do better than that today? Yes, we're going to do better than that today. I'm so excited that you guys are here. And guys, just to, I just want to put this out there again. Everything that this church does is for you. Isn't that incredible? Doesn't it make you feel special? It's with you in mind. It's with you online. It's with you in mind. And it's incredible what we put into that. And I really want you to keep that focus. So I want you to do me a favor. We had a little bit of trouble in the early service. They're always a little bit low energy. You guys are always a little bit better. But I'm going to do the same thing. Right now, I want you to just close your eyes. And this is really weird. But I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to take a deep breath. Doesn't that feel good? So know that everything that's outside of these doors that are in your life, that's outside of these doors. Right now, you're in here. You have a moment with Jesus, and I don't want you to miss it. We're going to go over something where somebody missed a moment, and I don't want you to miss that moment. You're already here, so you have to put up with me anyway. And I'm telling you, just try to enjoy it a little bit. We good? Make a deal? I'm going to tell you some stories. I had quite the week at work the other uh, week, a couple of weeks ago. You remember the week. It was minus 30 degrees. Every job I had that week was outside. Fantastic. It was really wonderful. I was also on call that week. When you're on call at my job, uh, typically throughout the week, you might get three calls, maybe four at the most. Well, minus 30 degrees, I ended up working a lot. I had 11 calls. It was unbelievable. The phone never stopped ringing. It got to a point, it just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. I just started laughing and laughing and laughing. What else are you going to do? 
So I was laughing because like when you work on Sundays, it's double time, so you get paid quite a bit. And I had four calls on Sunday. I went out, I made a boatload of money that day. I went home, spent it. Just like that, instantly. Couldn't wait to get home to spend it. I got home, jumped on the couch, went online, told my wife, I said, hey, I just booked us two nights in Branson, found a great condo at the Marriott, it's awesome. She's like, oh, okay, great. So we went. It was fantastic. You see, the reason I did that is because, and I don't know if it's, you know, I'm at that place in my life. Next week, I'm 42, getting a little bit older. And I'm kind of realizing, you know what, I think life is probably about half over, maybe at best for me, right? Maybe, maybe not quite because some of the decisions I've made, I don't know. But I'm hoping halfway. But the first half, it wasn't like that. So 42 goes that fast. Another 42 is just going to go like that. And I don't want to miss out. So when I get more money in my pocket, and that weird circumstance never really going to happen again, probably the first thing that I think is that I want to spend time with my wife and kids. I want to use that money, an extraordinary blessing, because I've been at work so much longer that week, to make up for it. And you guys know if you have a wife and kids, that sometimes you've got to take them out of town so that you can have what I like to call conversations with them, right? You can get to know them. Three and a half hours in a car, they can't go nowhere. They've got to put up with me. And it was a blast. It was so much fun. You see, because now at, my point, at this point in my life, the standard of my living filters through experiences with my family. That's top priority for me right now. You know, my kids, teenage years. One of them's 16, 16 and a half. And I'm like, oh, man, this, she was just like that. And so it's crazy. So that's the standard that I have. I get a little bit of extra money, unexpected out of my pocket. I'm going to spend it on them. I'm going to do something with them. So we go down to Branson, we have this cute little experience. I have wanted these shoes. Maybe you should see this side. These shoes. I wanted these shoes in this color, no exceptions. And I needed them in a size 11. Amazon Prime tells me they'll send them to me, not in two days like Prime does, in a week. I said, ooh, everybody else wants these too. So I was telling tell my wife about it. And she goes, hey, you know, we're going to Branson. They got a bunch of shoe stores down there. Let's see if we can't find them down there. It'd be kind of fun to hunt around. I said, bet, let's do it. We went to all these shoe stores in Branson. And I went to one, and we walked in. I was with my kids. I walked up, and I said, there they are. And like a little halo shined around them. It was interesting. But I saw them on the shelf, and I go, there they are. Size 9, size 10, size 10 and a half, 11 and a half. Wait, 10 and a half, 11 and a half. There's no 11s. So I called the boy over from the cash register. Come here, bud. He called around to the other stores. Nobody has an 11. Unbelievable. I said, fine, I'll wait. And my kid was like, why, why don't you just get the 11 and a half? A little bit bigger, a little bit roomier. I said, no, I don't want 11 and a half. I want an 11. She said, but you could have them today. I said, I can have them in five days if I wait. If in five days I can wait and have exactly the perfect snug fit. My toes dance in these bad boys. You know what I'm saying? Love it. If I could just wait then I have exactly what I want. You see, I work hard for my money, right? What's that song that's going off my head now? I can't, I'm not going to sing it. But I work hard for that. And so I want the things that I want. And I'm not going to settle for something that's a substandard in anything. Great. Cute lesson for the kids, right? Wonderful. What do we know about teenagers? They're so emotional. Their frontal lobes aren't developed yet, so they don't think, they don't process the same way that we intelligent, superior adults do. They're completely guided by emotions. Amen? It's a fantastic, fantastic time of life, was it not? Incredible. 
Many times I wish I could go back to that, but I'm old now. You know, you know what's fascinating? <laughs> and bald. And I woke up the other day injured. You ever go to bed and wake up injured? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> what is that? It's all the time now. How did I get hurt sleeping? Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. What was I going to say? I got caught up in that moment. Here's what's incredible. As adults, we really do the same things, don't we? You know what I saw the other day? And this is really fascinating. Five people out of 100, only five adults, I should make that distinction, only five people know what they're doing. That's it. So let's push aside the, the teenage thing and say, okay, I'm an adult, you've got my attention, because there's more than five of us in this room. Five people know what they're doing. They said that if you take 100 young men at the age of 25 who are eager for life, excited to move forward, have got dreams and aspirations, and willing to do whatever it takes to get them, at the end of their life, 100 of them, one will be wealthy. Just one. Four will be financially independent. That's it. 20 or so will have to work a job. They can pay their bills. The rest can't make it. What? I said, well, that makes sense because four plus one is what? Five. And as I talked to my small group the other night, my life group, and as I'm looking at my life, I'm like, you know what? There's not many people that know what they're doing. And I'm not even talking about like where you're going after you die, like eternally, because we're in church, supposed to be all spiritual right now. I'm just saying normal stuff. You don't know what you're doing. And isn't it interesting, as teenagers, you do know what you're doing. You've got your whole life planned out for you. But somewhere along the lines, life takes over. You're like, hey, I got, I got all these bills to pay. I got a family to pay for. I got a mortgage and all this stuff. I got, I, I got to take this job. I like it, but it's not maybe what I want to do, but I'm going to do it anyway because it pays the bills. And you get caught up, don't you? You get caught up in running through the emotions of life. Because why? Your emotions, whether you like it or not, according to a 2010 study done by Psychology Today, which I thought was fascinating, whether we like it or not, our decisions are based on emotion. It's the way that our brains work. Now, your emotions aren't sophisticated. They're not precise. But what they lack in that, they make up for in efficiency and quickness. You can make a decision emotionally like that, and it fires off all those Chemicals in your brain makes you feel good, and you can get through it. We want a quick, fast decision because we have other stuff to do. I said, fine, I can accept that. The danger in that is if your decisions are based wholly off of your emotions and they're not driven through a filter, where do you end up? It would be like this. It would be like you're saying, I'm going to go buy a boat. Maybe Sean's broke down boat that he was talking about the other week. Probably get a good buy on that one. Buy that boat, take it out to the sea, drive it out a couple of miles, cut the engine, cut the GPS, sit back on the couch and just wait to see what happens. You would never do that. I mean, if you came up to me and told me you were going to do that, like I'd have somebody come and take you away to a safe place. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to work something out for you because that's not healthy. But we do that every day, do we not? If you really look at your life and where you've ended up, some of us know where we're going and we work towards that. We have goals and dreams and aspirations and all those things. And we work hard for those things. But most of us, we're really making decisions based on what's happening because there's a lot happening. Amen? Say hit home with anyone other than just me. 
If this sermon was just for me, I'm telling you I have grown tremendously in the past week, and I want to thank all of you for the opportunity. But I'm telling you, take a minute and think. This, you know what? Okay, this is interesting what this bald idiot is saying. I'm going to pay attention because maybe it's going to work out in your life. The, uh, the Lord was uniquely kind to me this week, and um, he showed me something. I was on the couch, and I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, I, I just learned something really interesting. Five people out of 100, only five, know where they're going in life. And she said, that is interesting. And she sat and she thought, she said, you know what's interesting about that? I've only ever known two things that I've wanted. And she said, one was Jesus. Assurance of salvation through Jesus Christ and sacrifice that he made. That was always it. I always knew that. Number two, I knew that I wanted a great marriage. I said, wasn't that interesting? I mean, no pressure for me, but that's all she's ever wanted. This is a funny story, and I can't remember because it's been, we've been married 19 years now. I cannot remember when this happened. But sometime in the first year of our marriage, we went out. Best I can remember, we had dinner somewhere with some friends, and then we ended up at a pool hall. And it was, it was past midnight. It was getting late or whatever, or, or early, I guess, in those days. But either way, we were there. And something, something wasn't right with me. I, I don't know what the deal was. I, I'm not sure what's going on. And I dragged her out of that place. I said, we're leaving. We're done. And I don't know why she got so mad at that, but she did. She did not like that. She did not like my behavior, the way that I was acting, the way that I was treating her. And when we got into my car, she informed me that we were done. And I didn't take her serious at first. Who breaks up with somebody over that? Oh, she did. She was done. The next 20 minutes was me in the car driving going, are you serious? You're serious. You're serious. And she said, I'm done. You know, to the point where she's, now she's rolling her eyes like, can you just take me home? Like, good grief, this is ridiculous. So I didn't do that. I pulled into this church parking lot. Now it's probably 1, 1 in the morning. And I'm just like blown away. Is she serious? I'm serious. Take me home. I mean, it was unbelievable. I've never heard somebody be so sure and confident about anything in my life, even up to this point. Oh, but she was sure. And if I'm being honest, I liked it. I liked that a lot. Went home, single man. I went home single, I think. I don't know. The next day, I didn't know what, I mean, I called her. And here we are 19 years later, married. I guess it worked out. But I'm saying, I believed her. And a lot of people might hear that as a guy and be like, oh, you're just whipped, whatever. No, listen, you don't understand where I'm going in life. The things that I've got planned out, the things that God has shown me, I need somebody strong like that. For one, they got to put up with me. But then for two, they got to put up what we're, what we're going to go through. Amen? Unbelievable. She's incredible. It's a standard that she had. And as we sat and we spoke about it, it was really interesting to realize that her standard for marriage really filtered through the standard of Jesus. If you read in Ephesians, it says, Husbands, you are to love your wives the way that Christ loves the church. And what did Christ do for the church? He sacrificed Everything for the church. So she knew I need a man who's going to do that. And for all of my faults and all the things I bumble around and bad decisions, whatever, I sacrifice and I give myself for her and our kids the way that Christ did for the church or as best that I can. Because that's her standards. That makes sense. 
It's emotionally driven, and that's what she wants. That's the desires of her hearts. But it's driven through the filter and through the lens of Jesus. Amen? So what happens? What's an example of when you take your emotions, you take your decisions, and you drive them through a different lens? You've heard this story before. Let's read this in Luke 10. Boy, I went long-winded on that one, buddy. It's okay. We're still here. Luke 10 says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Take out Martha's name. Put your name into that story. It's the same thing. Her standards, her emotional decision-making abilities are all filtered through distraction. They're filtered through what needs to be done. We do the same thing. The same exact thing. Martha's got Jesus, the living son of God in her house. And instead, she's sweeping, doing the dish. I don't know what she's doing. But she's doing something other than taking advantage of the fact that Jesus is sitting right there with them. It's hard to imagine that, but yet we do it every day. I can't really read my Bible app because I'm busy on TikToks or, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's just never ending. There's always a distraction. There's always something else that you can or you need to do, or whatever, that's going to distract you from the truth of what you have. Right now, in this moment, that's why I told you that your life is outside of these doors. Is because right now, you were in his house. And you were hearing of him and his love. And what we're about to tell you is going to blow your mind. Because what if I told you, you are the standard? What if I told you that? What if it were true? So I'm not talking about your life, the stuff that you have going on. I'm not talking about maybe the great decisions you've made. I'm not talking about maybe the poor decisions that you've made. I'm talking about you as an individual. You are the standard. I want to help you flip the way that you think, the filter and the lens that you look through things. And maybe you say to me, Brian, great, Martha, cute story. I got way more going on in my life than just sweeping and mopping. You don't know how I was raised, the adversity that I was raised in. You don't know what I'm going through today. The adversity and things that in my life, you think it's just so easy to focus it through Jesus. You don't get it. I've had people tell me that before when I was preaching. I thought it was awesome. And the thing is, you're right. I don't know your life. I don't know what you're going through, the decisions that you have to make on a daily basis. I don't know the adversity that you go through. I don't know the joys, and I don't know the low points of your life. I don't know that. But what I can also do is look through Scripture and see if I can find maybe somebody who does understand adversity. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. His name is Paul. He wrote 16 of the New Testament books. 16. When we talk about adversity, the things that Paul has gone through, I love reading this passage because it's unbelievable, really. Let's read it together. Pull this up. This is 2 Corinthians 11. Listen to what he's been through. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. They would whip you 39 times because they figured 40 would kill you. Isn't that nice of them? 
don't know how they think that 39 wouldn't kill you and 40 would, but whatever. It happened to him five times. That ain't never happened to me. I mean, I got a couple of splinters at work the other day, hurt like, mm. but I didn't get that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Who gets beat by a rod? Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. The man didn't learn, you're not supposed to be on boats. But he kept getting on them. Three times he was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That's terrifying. I went out boogie boarding one night in the ocean at night, scared the life out of me. I was there for 10 minutes. I can't imagine all that. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, fellow Jews, in danger from people who aren't my people, Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. This man can't go anywhere. Besides everything else, I face a daily pressure. Oh, wait, wait, in danger, I'm sorry, he's not done. Danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger, thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, on top of that, I face a daily pressure of my concern for all of these churches. Incredible. If ever there was a man who was like, you know, I just don't think this is going to work out, it would be Paul. I mean, would you agree? That's quite a bit of adversity. And if you look at his list and you compare his list to your list, what now would you say? You're here. Paul was so incredible in taking the standard that he came to know, which was Jesus. And he took it to a level that said, you know what? My standard is understanding everything in my life and everything that is going on, everything I'm called to do, and I'm going to filter it through the lens of gratefulness for what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And you can see it in all of his letters, how much he loves the people that he's working with, how much he's sacrificing to give them for them, and how he's so grateful for it. He's so grateful. He ends up in jail. And what does he do in jail? He's singing hymns and praising Jesus. Acts chapter 16, read it. It's incredible. His testimony in jail was so strong that the guy guarding him comes to faith in Jesus. Incredible. You ever think about the adversity and the thing that you're going through? The, oh, man, what can happen if you allow God to work in that situation? Unbelievable. I love to take, um, like, pictures and things of, of Scripture and, like, where they happened. If you want to see this, pull up this next slide. This is Paul's prison. If you ever want to go visit it, it's in Greece. It's right there. You probably can't go in it. looks like there's a gate there, but you can peek into it. Man, that is so cool. I love showing stuff like this because, to me, it makes it hit home a little bit harder. Amen? Like, oh, wait, this is real. Oh, yeah, no, it's real. Everything that happened in the Bible happened. It's absolutely real. And I can't, I just can't believe the, uh, the amount of times in my own life where I didn't live like Paul. I, I didn't have that same standard or whatever. Incredible. Since we're a later service, we got an extra minute. I got to tell you the story because everyone loved it in the first service. But I want to give you a little tip and a little trick. What helped flipped my own mentality for me to set my own standards higher, and I think that you're going to find this pretty remarkable. When I was a kid, um, my mom, sorry, mom, she had a little crush on Tom Selleck. It was the mustache, I guess. I don't know. 
But we would watch Magnum PI, and what do you know about Magnum PI, fellas? Ferrari 308 GTS. Red. That's what he drove. I said, one day I, too, will have a Ferrari. Made it my mission. I'm looking at prices of Ferraris, and I'm looking at three, four, five hundred thousand. I'm like, oh, not bad, right? But then I do a little bit more research. I come to understand, wait a minute, I can get a little bit higher mileage Ferrari, 20,000 miles or so, which is high for a Ferrari, for 100,000. Whoa. That's more doable. I bought it. The 360 Ferrari. Man, red with the saddle interior. And I say that with a bit of hesitation because people are always like, all oh, people in ministry, they shouldn't be spending money on Ferraris. I'm like, well, I did. Well, you spent $100,000 on a Ferrari. You could have gave that money to the church. I said, I knew you were going to say that, so I upped my game. I gave $100,000 to the church. That was before I started to come to real life. Sorry about that. Somebody else got it. Okay? <laughs> I can't just be passing out $100,000. You know what I'm saying? I had one plan. I got this car, and you slide into it into what could be described as like firm butter. It's unbelievable. The seats are incredible. And I, this is what I longed for, to sit in this thing and to take my wife on a date. And for her to, she, this, this happened, it was the most incredible experience. We sat in the car, and she put her hand on the back of my neck. Ladies, if you do this to your man, you'll drive him wild. They'll run your, their fingers through your hair. Of course, I don't have that, but it's the same thing. It's just smooth. Anyway, I just I thought, oh, my gosh, love it. And she said to me, there's nothing you can't do, is it? And the only response I had was to rev that engine. Have you ever heard of Ferrari engine? Because <laughs> it was my emotions, too, and that's tailpipe. My neighbors hate me. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But I love it. I take her out on dates because it's our thing. And it's just, it's a blast. Again, my standard is not the car, although it's awesome. It's that experience with her. Because I want her to know you've got a man that's going to do whatever and show you amazing things. That's what I want. That's what I want her thinking, right? She means that much to me. Another reason I bought the car is because, for me, there's Ferrari club owners, or club members, and they take their Ferraris and they go on, like, not really races, but they just kind of run down the coast, you know what I mean? They'll go from city to city, and there's, like, 20 of them in a line. And I said, how cool would it be for me to take my 9-year-old son on a Ferrari trip? And that's just what we did. Every year, we went for a week, and we rode in this car. I don't care about the car. I care about the experiences that the car gives me because I have tried those same experience in a Dodge Caravan and it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. It means everything to me. The look on my wife's face, the feeling that we get when we're just driving out. It's amazing. You should try it. I should too. I don't have that car. It's funny, uh, Janet Jensen came up to me after the first service. She goes, you know, I, um, I work at State Farm. I said, oh, yeah, I use State Farm. She goes, uh, Matt Davison's office? I go, that's my guy. She goes, yeah, I've never seen a Ferrari on your policy. I was like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> got me. That Ferrari is so real to me in my mind. I've planned every second of it out. 
My emotions are so tied into that. I'm telling you no lie that I was driving my E350 work truck up 49 and I could feel the Ferrari. I'm that sold out into this experience. It will happen. There's no doubt in my mind that it's going to happen. Yay for Sean, because you're getting 100 grand too. That's part of the plan. It works out. Everybody's happy. But for me, I switched the standard of just saying, I'm going to go to work today and hope that I scrape together enough money to pay the bills. And I switched that to that I'm going to drive out of my garage in a red F360 Ferrari. And I'm going to have enough money to pay for the maintenance bills, which are going to be outrageous. I plan for that too. But I've switched my standard because I realize that life is short, for one. I want these experiences with my wife and kids, for two, because it's incredible, for three. And I figure that God said I should have the desires of my heart. And now I have a strong desire to lead other Ferrari owners to Jesus. Isn't that convenient? And there's no one more suited, better suited than me to lead other Ferrari owners to Jesus. I'll accept the mission, Lord, I'm good. But I've got a standard there. Does that make sense? And just even in thinking of that and in being invested in that, I look at every area of my life and I say, where does it fall short of a Ferrari standard? And I'm telling you, it has changed my life completely. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with a car. Truth be told, I might rather have a Ford Shelby or the old Shelby AC Cobra. I really might want to have that instead. But whatever, it's not the point. The point is it's a different standard. I know that's silly, but if you try it, you'd be amazed at how different your circumstances are. You want to wreck your life? Don't have any standards. Let me tell you about something else. God has a standard. Yeah, yeah, Brian, we know. He's perfect. He's holy. He's everything. We know his standard. No, 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 no. You are his standard. Think about what that means. Because if you're like anyone else, maybe you're like, yeah, me, I look, dude, I'm a mess. I get it. You think I'm not a mess? I tell you all the time, I know I'm really good looking, but other than that, I got nothing else going for me. I'm a mess. But I'm the standard. That's incredible to me. Jesus said that he came to seek and save the lost. We went over this in my life group. The seek is he's coming after you. Listen, I hate to tell you this. You didn't find Jesus. He found you. He came to seek and he came to save. He came to save you from harm. He came to save you from an eternity separated from God. That's what he came to do because God said this. I'm creating all of this and it's perfect and I, and I see it and it's good. And human beings are good. Very good as a matter of fact as it says in Genesis. And when sin came into this world and separated us from God, God said, no, 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 that's not the standard. The standard is that I am to live eternally with my creation. That's the standard. So if that's my standard, I have to do what it takes to get my standard. You see, God is emotionally based on his decision. Amen. He's invested emotionally in you. The same you that looks in the mirror and sees what it sees. That you is what he's invested in. So he sends Jesus to come save us from it. And we all often think about this. Jesus does this, of course, because he's going to do it. 
But do you ever stop and think that he lived on this earth, fully God, fully man, having an awareness of being separated from God, not in God's presence. And he spent 30 years walking along, doing whatever it is that he was doing without being in his father's presence. Could you imagine knowing peace and hope and love and grace on the level that he knew it? And then he had to be separated from it. Oh, by the way, at the end of it, we're going to kill you in the harshest way that man has ever conceived of to kill someone. Because that's what it takes. And that's what Jesus did. His standard was that. That's God's standard. I'm not living without my creation. So I'm going to fix it. My wife's standard was I'm not having a marriage without Jesus at the front of it. Paul's standard was that I'm not living and understanding and showing you Christ without being grateful and excited about it and living through it and showing that to you. What is your standard? Let's pray. Oh, we went a little bit long today, Lord. My apologies. I know, we just had to talk about that Ferrari. If you're here today and you've been a believer in Jesus Christ, and you resonate, or maybe you identify as one of the 95 out of 100 that really doesn't know where they're going or what they're doing. I want to encourage you right now, just say, Lord, I surrender all of my life to you. Whatever it is that you want to do, God, that's what I want to do. Show me my passions, my desires. There was somebody who came to that next steps, the crash course last week, understood who they were, how they were gifted, what their passion was, and they set off. Now they're involved in something else, trying to get to training and the learning to be able to do that. They're fired up. Unbelievable. Mm. Amazing. And maybe that's you today. You live a life on purpose with a standard that is filtered through Jesus. You will be amazed at not only your own life, what happened to your wife and your, your husband's and your kids' lives, but in the lives of the people around you. Incredible. So for you, give that up to the Lord today. Say, God, I'm yours. Have your way with me. Show me the desires of my heart, how you've gifted me, how you've wired me so that I may live for you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. What are you waiting for? I'm telling you, you don't have Jesus in your life. You just like the person who got the boat and set out to sea, cut the engines and hope for the best. That's not it. God had a standard and it's you. And if you're here today, if you are online today and you don't know him, he's come after you. You didn't just show up here or you didn't show up online by accident. You came as a result of the standard that he set and the work that Jesus did on the cross. Sin separated you from God. And for that sin and that separation to be gone, Jesus had to die and atone for those sins, and he did. And if you want the gift of salvation, the gift of life through Jesus, just pray with me, Lord. I want that. I don't understand all of it, but I know that I want you. I know that you died for me, and I accept that into my life. I surrender my life to you, and I live it for you now. I give everything to you, God. Thank you for the gift and the freedom of salvation that you've given through the work of your son on the cross. I accept that, and I live that out. Amen. If that's you here today, you got to tell us about that. We'll talk more in a second here. 
Guys, know that we love you and that this church is a church that I'm telling you just prays for you and does everything with you in mind because the truth is you are the standard for what we do here. Amen? Amen. Hey, thanks, Brian. And what a good word. Awesome to know that God has something great for us and God has a standard and man, he did everything that he did because he cares about you. If you're in the house today, you're following on online and you made that decision for Jesus, I want you to know that we are so excited for you. And man, we want to be right there with you in this next journey because this isn't the end of something. It's the beginning of, of a great lifetime, a journey really of, of, of a next step every day. And so I've got some great next steps for you if that's you today and you made that decision for Jesus. The first one is, is, man, just let us know about your decision. You can do that in a couple of different ways. The first one is by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a connection team member or they'll reach out to you over the phone. They'll make you feel at home here at Real Life. They'll answer any questions that you might have, help you in any way that we can because God cares about you and we, are, we care about you. Another way you can have a great next step is if you happen to be with us in person at the back of the worship center, there's a red bag. Inside of it, there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. Grab one of those on your way out. And it's a great way to get started on the right foot. Man, let us help you in any way that we can. For everybody else, we want you to know that we have opportunities and a couple next steps for you to invest in yourself as well, to carry that standard that God has for you in your life. The first one is this, is that if you've made a decision recently uh, and you've never been baptized, man, we have a great opportunity on this Easter, April the 4th, we're gonna do something we've never done on Easter. We're gonna have baptism here in service, both gatherings. We would like to invite you to, to be a part of that. Maybe you have some friends or family, if that's not you. Maybe you have some friends or family who have never been baptized and they've made a decision for Jesus. We want you guys to get signed up. You can do that by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can click the baptism tab. And so if you don't know what baptism is, it's just a simple symbol. We publicly acknowledge that we are dead to sin, we're alive to God, and we're all in for Jesus. So we can't wait to celebrate with you guys on Easter by doing something extra special in baptism. Can't wait to see you guys there. If you guys haven't been and you guys aren't joined to a life group, I want you guys to know we are only three weeks and it is not too late. And these life groups are for you. We love getting together on Sunday, but life is more than just on a Sunday. If you miss the connection that you have with people here throughout the week, you are missing out. And I want you guys to know it is not too late to get signed up. And here's the cool thing about our life groups. They are for everybody. You can find something that's specifically just for you, whether you're a man or a woman, stage of life, married, have kids, just wanna hang out on a Saturday. So here's a few of them that you guys can think about, especially if you guys are ladies. Got a couple great ones called Get Out of Your Head and Perfectly Imperfect. And it lets you know by hanging out with some other women that even if you're struggling with something, maybe there's something that's always on your mind, something that's on your prayer list, something you just can't seem to get past. You know, God is in that, God is there for you. Surround yourself with some women that are there and going through that, maybe that same thing with you. Or just maybe you feel less than, you don't feel like you're good enough. You struggle being a mother or a wife. That is a lie from the enemy. Get in the word, get with some other godly women that are walking that faith journey that God has for them and they will lift you up, you lift each other up. And what a great way just to hang out in a life group. Maybe you're in a marriage season that is just struggling. You got tension, you don't know how to deal with it. There's a great group called Love and Respect led by the Holcombs. Go hang out with some other married, other married people and I'll, you will find out you are not alone. You're not the only one that's gone through that before and you're not the only one that will ever go through that. Get around some other people and you guys again will lift each other up. Maybe you just like hanging out, having a good time, having a cup of coffee. That's not me, it's not Pastor Sean but I know some of you guys love coffee. Come hang out with Joel on Saturdays at Missouri Mud. 
what a great way just to do something you love already. Because I know, like, coffee's like this cold. Like, you know, oh, yeah, this perfect one and that perfect one. Come hang out with Joel. You guys get to have some coffee, get to talk about Jesus. Great, great combination. Here's the last thing I want to remind you guys of. If you haven't heard at Real Life, we want to invest and we want to bless people. And sometimes we need a little bit more. I know I've been there. Maybe you guys are there now. So at Real Life, we offer four free professional counseling sessions, no matter what you're going through, whether you're in the church or you're outside of the church, whether it's depression or whether it's an issue with your kids. Maybe it is something with your marriage. We want to help you. So come find me. Come find Pastor Sean. Find somebody in the leadership. We will get you hooked up and get you set up with... Uh, with a professional counselor, and man, you will never regret that investment. And again, we would love to be a blessing with you. And Brian was talking about standards, and that's the standards we have here. And as a church, you guys have kept the standard here, and that's why we can do so much in the community. That's why we can so, do so much for people. And we do that through generosity. And your guys' standards of generosity are up here. And we love that. And I want to continue to guys encourage you to do that. So here at Real Life, if you want to be a part of that standard, part of that generosity, we have three ways you can do that. First one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Second one is you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you would like to use a cash or check, there's a box at the back of the worship center. You can drop it in there. Hey, I want you guys to check out this next video. I'm never satisfied No matter what this world brings me No, no Oh, I ain't never satisfied The things I want are all I see The Lord can bless me It ain't enough to satisfy me Man, I love those videos, Pastor Sean. Those are crazy. Never satisfied. Five ways to wreck your life. Hey, I was thinking while Brian was talking about, you know, he's holding this Ferrari up there, the standard. Man, he missed the boat. I think Diane's got it. She knows that God's calling the next launch of real life to be on the beach in the Caribbean somewhere, right? Now that's the standard we can all get behind. So come, don't miss out next week. Invite your friends and family at 9.30-11 to come out and check out this, this next version of this or next message in this series. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. And as always, remember guys, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.